Four years ago, Susan Ramey was sitting in the lobby at the School of Pennsylvania Ballet waiting for her daughter, Sajel's, dance class to end. Susan was thinking about how wonderfully unique each of the dancers in this studio were and, and how she would love to help those dancers find a way to show off their own unique style. She was inspired to make Sajel a skirt that she could wear during her weekly variations class. After class, the night Sajel wore her new skirt, Susan found herself surrounded by Sajel's classmates, all of them wanting to purchase one for themselves. That night, Sajel Dancewear was born, and Susan has spent the last four years designing and handmaking hundreds of unique, limited edition skirts. This March, when the COVID-19 pandemic arrived in Philadelphia, Susan decided to temporarily stop making skirts and to start making face masks using the fabrics and materials she had lying around the house. And she has been busy ever since. Susan, I'm so thankful to be talking with you today. I, I first met you probably about a decade ago in the, <laughs> in the waiting room at Wayne Ballet, where uh, both of our very young daughters were dancing. And a lot has changed in our lives since then. Yes. I remember, I remember looking at them both and Julia is so pretty, your daughter. Thank and you. she had this like lilt about her and then, yeah, they were little. <laughs> they were little. Yep. They sure yep. were. <laughs> <laughs> so when did dance become a part of your life? Were you a dancer or did you did you come to dance through your daughter, Sajel? I was not a dancer. I took dance class um, when I was six years old, um, but I brought Sajel into dance when she was three or so, and she just loved it. So that's, I just, and I've always sort of had this penchant for being around the stage, but too shy to actually be on the stage. So uh, Wayne Ballet was a great venue for that. So I started making costumes and started doing like um, stage management kinds of things. Well, maybe that's too big of a word for it. I helped out behind the stage. <laughs> I, I got to hang out behind the curtains. <laughs> I definitely, okay, stage management is way too big of a word, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, rem yeah. I remember seeing you uh, with the costumes and, um, yes. you know, at Nutcracker and uh -huh. yeah, helping out with all of the, all of the sewing and, mm -hmm. and things that were, were really an important part of making the show go on. That's when I learned how to make tutus, actually. It was way before skirts. Oh, wow. A tutu sounds like it would be hard to make. Tutus are very hard to make. Mm -hmm. And like they actually have like whole tutu classes. You can, you know, buy master tutu makers from all over the world. And, you know, but I did the best I could with uh, YouTube videos and a lot of information and a lot of like, okay, this doesn't have to go on the stage at Pennsylvania Ballet. Um, so it should work pretty well. <laughs> So I did, I did make the tutus for, um, what's the name of that? Uh, is it hot chocolate? Spanish. Spanish. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. The red ones. The red ones. Well, one of the red ones. Yeah. Did Julia yeah. ever wear one of those? Oh gosh. I should know, but I can't remember. Um, mm. I don't think she ever wore like the tutu. I think she I think she performed it once, but I think that year she was maybe not on point and the, the mm. it may have been more like a dress. Like a, like I a know she wore some of my flower costumes. Yes. 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 
that was a lot of work. That was a lot of costumes. Yeah. So you, so you had a lot of experience with costumes before you started, um, before you started Sagel, before you started making your own skirts. Kinda. Um, I mean, I just did it, you know, it's one of those things where I just do because I figure if other people can figure out how to do this, I should be able to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have really any experience with costumes and still I, until I started messing with them, um, you know, at Wayne Ballet. Yeah. Well, you know, doing something is a great way to learn it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it was getting over that fear of failure, um, which was kind of a big part of the whole thing. I mean, it really, you know, I fixed my, I've done all sorts of fixing around the house, again, with using the same theory, like, A, I can't make it any worse. So, because <laughs> it's already broken, right? It doesn't work. So I fixed, I fixed like um, my blender and I fixed the dishwasher and various other things. Most of the time it goes okay. Sometimes, you know, it needs fixing from my fixing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you first started making skirts uh, for the girls who were asking for them, Mm. what was that like for you? Was that, was that a moment that was full of inspiration and creativity or, or was it a moment that, that became full of lots of logistics and and hard work? Like, like, how do I do this? How do I make um, a bunch of skirts? Both. Both. Um, I mean, so I've been like kind of a creative individual my whole life and I've always made stuff. Um, but I've never been comfortable with selling any of it, like just ever. Um, and people have asked me to buy this or that I've, I've painted, I've done pottery, I've done variety of things. And it just, I I much prefer giving things away. It's, I think it might have something to do with not having confidence, I suppose, in somebody paying money for your thing, you know, like what if they think your thing isn't worth the money that they spent for it and then they won't like you or something kind of like that. Anyway. Um, so when all the girls were asking me for the, the skirts, it was more of the logistics and everything. Like I wasn't worried about that. It was the emotional impact of it all. Like how in the world can, like I I knew that I couldn't make like 10 or 15 skirts for free. It was just too time consuming, but I did want to satisfy them. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to sell them, but it was really going outside my comfort zone. So most of the work I spent was honestly was emotional. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that um, a lot of people struggle with. You know, it's hard, mm-hmm. it's really hard to, to put a value on yourself, uh, you know, to assign a, a figure, a dollar figure yeah. that's representing your value. That's, that, that's a hard thing to do emotionally. And then the problem is too, though, is like inside, deep down inside, like I think they're worth, you know, I think they're great, right? I think they're wonderful and, you know, people should be so happy to spend lots of money for them. But in reality, that, you know, people don't want to spend their hard-earned money on stuff. Also, they compare them to skirts that were made in China and in bulk, which are Mm -hmm. super cheap in, like, the dance stores. And so I would make these skirts, which are more like, I guess, a little more on the artistic side but they would cost more than the skirts that were imported and made, you know, by factories. 
and people would say to me, oh, they're beautiful, but they cost too much. Mm-hmm. Um, because I couldn't sell them for, you know, $15, like the factory skirts were. And it would like really hurt my feelings, but I knew it shouldn't. So that was another like effort, emotional thing I had to like cope with. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's tough. It's, that's definitely a hard part about being a business owner and, and a creative. It's, it's really, I mean, I'm sure you have the same situation with your photography, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. for sure. It's not yeah. easy. I mean, especially when somebody says, oh, that's beautiful. And I love it. And you get all excited. It's like, oh yeah, let me buy it. And then you tell them how much it costs and then they, their face falls. Yeah. You're like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So what, so what about it, um, kept you going? Like, what about it gave you momentum to, to work through those, those tough feelings? Um, I guess enough people really did like them. And I decided that I just had to grow up and try to develop a spine, which I'd never Mm -hmm. really had my whole life. Um, I said, okay, well, I guess if it's going to be time to do that, I might as well do it now that I'm in my fifties. Um, so I worked on developing a spine that was, I mean, I, I sort of took it upon myself as a a challenge to my psyche. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, yeah. Oh, the other good thing, too, though, was that a local store, um, do you remember Swan Dancewear? Yes. Yes. So Marla from Swan Dancewear thought they were lovely and started selling them in Swan Dancewear. And I got a lot of wonderful, positive feedback from the people going in there. And that really helped a lot, too. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I think I think it's um I think it's sort of like jumping off the high dive, you know, or mm-hmm. jumping off a cliff into into a lake. You um it, it's scary and at some point you just have to make yourself do it. Yep. And I think with with doing things like this, things that are new to us and and things that are scary, like we have to we have to force ourselves to do it in spite of whatever fear or insecurities we have. Mm-hmm. Like that fear is not going to go away, but you you have to you still have to act. You still have to create what you want to create and put it out there. And the only way that's going to happen is is when we force ourselves to do it. It feels bad at first, but it's a essential part of um, doing what we want to do. Yes. Yes. And I, it's one of those things where it's a skill I wish I had developed, you know, three decades ago. Um, but you know, so it's, um, I never really thought I would ever have to develop it. You know, like I didn't think I was going to be in this position of being a business person. I think that's, that's kind of a wish that, that a lot of, um, a lot of people have, once they've had some experiences and then they wish that they could go back and tell their younger self, um, you know, don't worry, you can do this and, and give them the encouragement. But it, it's hard when, um, you know, when, when you haven't done something before, it's easier looking back. It was part of it too, was that, you know, I wasn't, I was sort of at an age where, you know, starting something brand new like this was super intimidating, you know, um, feeling like, wow, I'm, I'm like doing this in the same time. Like I, I go this, I went to see, I went to, um, a, uh, it was called a sewing boot camp in Albuquerque. And it was hosted by this lady who learned, who knew how to sew and manufacture things, um, in factories and whatnot. And I learned how to, uh, do a lot of stuff in bulk and, 
whatever. But all the other people were that were there, except for one, were like in their 20s and had just graduated from fashion school. You know, and there was me and this one other person in our 50s going, hmm, <laughs> are, we, are we too late to this game or what? But it was okay because the lady who ran it was like older than dirt. So that was fine. <laughs> At least there was somebody, you know, older than us there. So it, yes. Know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's good to have people of all ages, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, everybody brings something different to the experience. Yep. 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 <laughs> So what were your plans for Sagel at the end of 2019? Well, that was the uh, that was an awkward place because the sales weren't going the way I wanted them to. I didn't know how to price them exactly for the problems I was just stating. Um, and I mean, they were selling and I was getting a lot of traction on Instagram and things, but I think... I don't know if there really was a market for them um, because dancers don't tend to have a lot of money at all and they're getting everything on the very cheap. So um, anyways, the sales, the sales were very, very slow and it was super discouraging. Um, And then a bunch of other stuff happened and I kind of went into a major depression. And so it, Sagel, the company, got shelved for a while until I could figure out my own uh, path forward um, mm-hmm. and what to do about it. And and so to date, I still don't know exactly what to do about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really had to work hard on being um, on dealing with major depression, partly because of the business um, a little bit just because it wasn't going, I mean, I got a lot of really positive feedback on it. It's just, I just don't know if it was worth it or is worth it. So. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's a lot of different ways to define whether it's worth it or not. You know, you can look at right. like profits, you can look at personal satisfaction, mm-hmm. you can look at reach, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways and, and it takes a while to figure that out for yourself because uh, different people have different goals for, for their reason why they do something. Right. And a lot of people, they're like, well, do you like doing it? I'm like, well, I guess I do like doing it, except when things don't sell for a number of weeks, then I stop like doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no one answer to whether or not I like doing it. It depends on the moment, depends on the week. Right. You know, it depends on what somebody says to me that day. You know, um, it just fluctuates so dramatically sometimes. So I'm just trying to decide hmm, what to do so- about it. Were you still kind of in that frame of mind um, when when COVID um, came <laughs> came to America? Uh, you know, or, or had really. you had you taken some some new steps in the business, or where were you at with your business when um, you realized that this virus was was coming and was going to affect us all? The business itself, I had kind of you know neglected pretty much since last summer. Um, so by the time COVID hit the business, it was sort of stagnant and not really doing much of anything. Oh, actually, you know what? Come to think of it, that's completely not true. Um, <laughs> I found, <laughs> I just remembered something. It's like, that's how much it's like not really on the top of my brain. Mm-hmm. There's a ballet school 
uh, north of Philadelphia, and they fell in love with my skirt. And um, I kept on bringing them up to the school, and they kept selling out of them. So um, right in the middle of the COVID thing, I was supposed to go and drop off a whole ton of more skirts up to the school. And then they closed and we have the lockdown. So they're still up there languishing in some dark room someplace. Um, And uh, yeah, I guess I will try to figure that out when this whole thing lifts. Hmm. Good thing we're having this little talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At some point, uh, yep, we will, we will get back to, to maybe not normal, but um, we'll get back to other things, other things than just thinking about this virus. Yeah, I don't mind this virus, actually. This doesn't bother me at Iota. <laughs> I mean, the virus itself bothers me, mm-hmm. but being home, doing my right. thing is fine. I am perfectly happy doing this. So when when did you realize that you you had, like, the ability to help the community stay safe? Um, Probably in February, actually. And... Mm-hmm. Back when they were saying that, oh, we should all stay six feet apart and masks aren't needed, I thought, that doesn't make sense. The six feet apart part makes sense, but the masks not needed doesn't make any sense. Um, And I thought, okay, well, maybe it does make sense. You know, maybe the idea that if people touch them too much, they're going to spread it to themselves. But then it just seems like it... uh, you know, you cough, you sneeze, and stays inside the mask instead of going out into the atmosphere. Isn't that a good thing? Right. Or it protects you from somebody else coughing or sneezing into the atmosphere. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah, you've seen the analogy with like the people oh, wearing yeah. pants or not. Yeah, and- yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do, I, and I'm finally, I'm glad that finally came out. I wish it had come out in February, and I certainly wish the CDC promoted it back then because I don't think we would have all this weirdness now like with the guy I saw this morning and you know his comment on mask wearing and that wearing masks uh, is a denial of his freedoms and (laughs) um so that like it so it's become such a politicized craziness whether or not you wear a mask or not it's it's yeah so what has the response been like, um, you know, with you, with you making masks? I would assume that the majority has been very positive because it is a little bit polarizing. You know, there, there are yeah. people who feel like it's, uh, that it's not necessary or they feel, you know, angry that they have to wear a mask. And then there's um, a lot of people who, who are thankful for them. Right. Well, I feel like they're a great thing. And I have gotten absolutely other than this one guy this one morning today, I've gotten nothing but positive feedback from people. And when I first started making them, I was just giving them away for like how we talked before about how I don't like to sell things. Um, (laughs) But then so many people were asking for them, I was spending like all day long making masks. But they were I was, there were people who I knew, had the wherewithal to buy them and I thought you know to keep me going I'm going to need to sell them so that I can continue to purchase supplies and stuff to give them away for the people who are needy and so that's Mm -hmm. how come I started the um the Etsy store where I'm actually selling them and then I'm giving what I'm giving them away to um like women's shelters and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the healthcare people 
and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But other than this one guy, this one morning, I have not personally interacted with anybody who thinks masks are a, um, you know, a, a statement against the freedom of America. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've seen, <laughs> yeah, and I just because I just I, I think you know, we're all in this together and it's to keep each other safe. I mean, that's why we drive on the right side of the road. You know, I have the freedom to drive on the left side of the road, but if I did, I'd be caught by the cops because it's illegal and I'm endangering all of my fellow men. So I drive on the right because I choose to. And it's a nice thing to do for everybody. So I don't consider it a, (laughs) you know... I don't feel like I, even if like, like what if I grew up in England and it was insisted on driving on the left side of the road, right? Because it's my freedom to do so. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, it's, it's obvious that we, um, well, t- I think to most of us, it's, it's obvious that, that we have to give a little bit of, of freedom, um, for the greater good so that everybody can be safe, you know, and, yeah. and the, the freedom of, of like not being able to drive on the left-hand side of the road doesn't <laughs> really um, hurt us at all. And, and, no. and I, I would, I think that the, you know, be, needing to wear masks when we go out into a public store doesn't really hurt us either. I couldn't agree more, but it did hurt this guy this morning. Yeah. His eyes were flashing and he was just like, I, yeah. I mean, he was ready to kind of go at it as mm-hmm. far as, you know, having an argument. And I was just like, okay. And I just kind of left. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's not an argument worth having. I don't, I don't think. No, um, it really wasn't. Cause it's not going to make any difference to anything anyway. And I figured I'll just go home and make some more masks and yes. <laughs> try to rub off the ick from his eyes flashing at me. Yes. Which well, was, ew. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I know for me, when I started wearing a mask, uh, that it actually helped me not touch my face. Yeah. And I, I know, I know some people are adjusting them all the time. And, um, but for me wearing the mask made me just aware of my face and, mm-hmm. and then also then where my hands were going. So I like the, the, the few times that I've gone out into public, like to the grocery store over the past couple months, I've, I've worn the mask and and I've really been aware of the fact that I have not touched my face while I'm yeah. there. And, and I'm pretty sure that if I was not wearing the mask and, and I was just kind of going about my business as normal, I'd probably be scratching my nose and wiping my eyes, you know, and moving sure. hair out of, out of the way. Picking your nose in secret. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I also, I found that when they fit right, which is what, so I started making, I started thinking about making them in February and I started making them in March, but it took me a long time to get them up on Etsy because I wanted to make sure they fit perfectly. So I really yeah. spent a long time perfecting the pattern. How did and you do they, that? Did you just make like, make uh, prototypes and test them out? Yes. Yes. I made prototypes and tested them out, like on me and on my daughter and on the the guy across the street who are there, he's my model. And ah. um, yes, you've seen. I was wondering who your model was because I knew it wasn't your husband. It is not my husband. No, my husband's in Seattle. And besides, he's got sort of a bald. My the guy across the street is is a pretty handsome guy, and so he made a very good model. Uh. Um, I didn't do it because he was handsome. I did it because he was convenient. <laughs> but it's sort of nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've had a, it's funny. I've had a couple of people actually ask me like, 
who is he? I'm like, wow. <laughs> Who is that masked man? Exactly. <laughs> he thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think you're you're right. It's important that, you know, when we're wearing masks that they do fit. And yeah. And they are comfortable. And they're comfortable. And, mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, and the thing was, too, is I was making them for the same reason I started making the skirts. I was like, okay, this is sad. We're all wearing these awful, boring masks. Like, let's let's at least be able to express some of our personality in our face, even if your face is being halfway covered up, you Mm -hmm. know? And I thought of it sort of like a man's tie or a pocket square or a woman's scarf or a purse or whatever. Like, why can't it be something at least that makes you smile a little bit? Or if not you smile, the person across from you in the, you know, the grocery store line. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I um I get excited when I see your your that you're sharing new designs, you know, new fabrics. <laughs> um, and it makes me want to buy more, which Good. I did buy more this week. Uh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's neat cuz it and that's what actually and this this whole thing has really surprised me a lot that um I keep getting this I keep getting repeat orders from people, which makes me super happy because you know, because of this this COVID thing, I don't really know you know, I don't see a lot of people Mm -hmm. personally, so I don't really know how people feel about them other than the people who've bought them and have bought them again. I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah. Um, Well, with my family, um, I started out just because we, I needed something. So I just took the, took a bandana and folded it and, you know, wrapped it with the hair ties and it worked, mm -hmm. but I really had a hard time seeing around it because it was so bulky on the sides. So I was super excited then when I saw that you were making them and I, I bought two for my family and there's five of us. So I started with buying two and then, um, I took my kids outside one day. Um, we, we wanted to, the, when the blue angels flew over, we wanted yes. to go, go yep. somewhere where we could see them. So we got in the car and, and drove to where we could see them. And I said, well, you know, when we get out of the car, we're going to wear the masks, but we only had two of your masks. And mm-hmm. so we were fighting over who oh, wow. <laughs> got to wear the real masks and who had to I guess to I wear shouldn't them. be happy about causing a fight, but it does make me happy. <laughs> and um, so um, Julia, my oldest daughter and I, we, we uh, sacrificed and wore the folded bandanas and let the, the younger two wear the masks. But that, mm. so that's why this weekend I'm like, I, I've got to buy us all real masks uh, <laughs> because it, um, it, it makes, it makes a difference. You know, if you have to wear one, if you need to wear one or want to wear one, uh, having one that is comfortable and yeah. makes you happy, it just makes whatever you're doing that much better. It does. Than, and it doesn't yeah. fall off your nose right. and it's, and you're not like poking at it all the time. It doesn't mm-hmm. hurt, you know, and that's, that's the other thing is I started out with just two sizes, you know, men's and women's. Um, or larges and mediums, or that was another thing, trying to figure out what, how to call the sizes. But then um, I realized, you know, other people, uh, younger people needed them too. So I started making two more sizes. So now I have four sizes um, from like six years old up to women. I mean, sorry, men. And then um, my somewhat hefty friend said, wouldn't it be nice if we could you know, make bigger than larges. So now I'm producing an extra large. Oh, okay. So now I'm going to have five sizes. <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah, I guess, you know, one size does not fit all. Um, One size does not fit all unless you have, I mean, your face itself is different sizes Mm -hmm. and like how far, like how big the ear loops are. And I think that's my biggest problem now is I'm trying to come up with a way to make the ear loops adjustable somehow. And I've seen that, seen that some factories have figured it out, um, but I'm not sure I like their way. So I'm still thinking about it. Ah, yeah. So there's, uh, yeah, you can keep on, keep working on designing and and inventing, trying new, new ways. I have to Emily, because if I don't, I get bored. I really Mm -hmm. do. I get bored super fast. And, um, I get with the skirts, I did the same thing. I, I, that's one reason why I never made more than a couple of each fabric because a lot of it, I was making it for me. You know, I didn't ever want to be a cog in some kind of factory, you know, and just crank out dozens of these things that were the same because I wouldn't do it then. You know, Mm -hmm. I liked playing with the fabric and I liked, you know, combining the different kinds of things. And each one to me was a new creative endeavor. And, you know, that's kind of the way it is with the masks, too. I only buy a yard of fabric. And I make what I can out of the yard and then I move on to another yard. So that's why you, you're going to keep seeing a lot of different ones all the time because I run out of fabric mm-hmm. just when it's done, it's done. And I mean, it happens, goes on again. Oh, I'm going to get a whole, I'm so excited. <laughs> I just ordered a whole bunch of fabric from India, Oh, like, wow. like the cotton block prints kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's going to be cool. They oh. will be neat. Yes. I think I'll be buying more masks. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it sounds like the, the process of it, um, is really, really, um, enjoyable for you. It is. And it's so satisfying that I can also help. It's like, it's this Mm -hmm. great, you know, it's the perfect storm of kind of happiness in this, in its own crazy way. And I feel like I can give back and I can be creative and, yeah, I just uh it's making me pretty happy. So. It it sounds like making masks <laughs> has has really actually helped you too in a lot of ways over the last couple months. Making masks has really helped me and it's it's I have this um dirty little secret. I guess it's not so much of a secret, which is like I wonder what I'm going to do when this all ends. You know? Like this mm-hmm. has given me such a great, you know, way of you know, looking at the world now and my part in it. And when it all ends, then what? So I'm going to be back to the then what mm-hmm. when this ends. So, yeah. yeah. Although you never, I mean, you never know because one thing leads to another. So right. the then what, instead of then what, it might be, oh, that's next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You it's, just, well, certainly you couldn't have predicted masks being mm, next after skirts. No. So. No. <laughs> I figure as long as I'm open to whatever whatever comes down the pipe, there should be something that happens. But, you know, as long as you don't fall into the depressive state where you can't take in anything, then I think something will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as long as I'm, I guess, open to whatever the world speaks to me, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the trick is not to descend into that sort of depressive abyss because there's no um, purpose anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, once pur- you're purpose there, is so important. It is, and what? But the problem is, is once you're there, 
you can't take in anything. Even if there is a great idea out there, it can come knocking at your door and you won't hear it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't, you don't, you don't, you know, it's a terrible disease. Yeah. I, um, I can imagine. I mean, I've, yeah, I've never, I've never struggled with that personally. Mm. Um, Good. <laughs> so yeah, I am. I mean, we all, you know, we all have different struggles, but I'm, but I'm thankful that that's one I, I haven't struggled with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess, I don't know if I'm thankful or not thankful. It's my own little cross to bear. I certainly understand it really well at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it is, it is hard to explain mm-hmm. to people that don't have it. It's a, it's, yeah. it, you know. I don't think it's, uh, it's very rational. And mm. I think when people are trying to understand something, they're thinking, they're, they're usually thinking rationally. You know, we're, that's we're trying exactly, to them. Yeah, that's exactly right, Emily, because you do explain it to them. And then they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's, that's why it's cuckoo talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I'm so happy that, that, right now that you've found uh, a place in your life where you, you feel a really great sense of purpose. And I, yeah, I think just, um, I think in general, it's probably good for a lot of us to, to start thinking of like, well, this, this is the way life is, you mm-hmm. know, with, with this dealing with this virus and trying to stay safe and doing what we can. Um, I don't think that it's really a great idea right now to think about returning to normal. I, <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't think that's anywhere in the, the near term for any of us. And I don't even know, like, what is normal? You know, that's a pretty no. deep question, isn't it? So It like- really is. When this is all over, who are, are we going to be a mask wearing nation? Are we going to, you know, are we going to be politicized whether or not we wear them? Is it going to cause like mm-hmm. fights in the streets? I mean, who knows? This whole thing is just so crazy. Right. Um, I figure I'll just stay inside and sew until it's all over. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a really great plan. You and know, that is, and that's the plan. Uh-huh. Um, it's the, the more present minded I think we can be, um, the better, I mean, yeah. especially right now. So, um, I think it's great that you're in a really, um, great place, both you're physically safe and you're emotionally feeling mm-hmm. good. And, and that makes me happy. And, um, and I still and also- get to- be creative and like put the creativity out into the world and help people at the same time. It just, I don't know. The whole thing feels just so good. Yes. Yes. And talking to you feels good too, Emily. Oh yeah, it is. It's so nice. Yeah. Cause we, (laughs) we don't, we don't, you know, I miss, I miss just like little conversations that you have with people when, Mm -hmm. you know, you run into your friend at the grocery or, or you're waiting, um, you know, waiting for your kid at their activity and you're talking to your friends who are sitting there waiting along with you. I miss that. Those, those uh, casual sorts of conversations, you know, we don't, there's no place for those right now. Have you noticed, though, that when you do see people, even if you knew them casually, how wonderfully special it is to talk to them now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's this really neat thing. Instead of taking people for granted as much, I've found that, you know, I find somebody I know, I'm like, wow, it's so nice to see you. Uh-huh. And, you know, I feel so excited. Whereas, you know, a couple of months ago, I'd be like, well, hi, how are you doing? You know, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's it's really given you a whole different outlook on the, the people, your friends, or even your acquaintances around you. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, um, 
it's obviously like a terrible thing that's happening to people with their health and, and businesses and livelihoods, but, but there are some silver linings and that oh, is definitely one of them. I've seen silver linings in this thing from the very beginning. I mean, I really have. Yeah, that's great. So it is. Yeah. It's, it's never really tortured me a lot. I, I just, um, again, I'm not on the front lines and I don't know mm-hmm. anybody personally who has it or has been sick, sickened from it or anything. So I think if that was the case, I might feel completely differently. I don't know. Um, but I do think this has really been a good, a good sort of wake up call to the world for lots and lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Susan, where can people find you to order masks or skirts? Are you still selling skirts if somebody wanted one? Um, the website, the skirt website. Well, here's the problem is like, I was telling you about all those skirts up in, um, up, uh, up in Mm -hmm. that pants. Right. Well, so they still have all my skirts. So the website is completely sold out (laughs) because I can't actually sell any skirts because I don't have them in, in my, on my person to do so. Um, but if, uh, but the masks are available, I don't think anybody's going to be wearing skirts for a while anyway. So probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So the masks are available on Etsy and the Mm -hmm. store is called masks by Sajel and spelled, um, masks by and Sajel is S A J E L L. Um, and Great. That's it. I will put a yes. I will also have a a link to the Etsy store. Thank you. As well as your as well as your your uh, website for the skirts. Um, oh, you're lovely. Yes. Did I ever tell you the, <laughs> Did I ever tell you the original name for the the business? No. Oh yeah. Okay. So the original name for the business was Spin Feather, and I had gotten the logo. I had gotten went to a marketing people because I wanted it to be all official and have a logo made and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, um, yeah, that's not the greatest name. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I couldn't come up with anyone, any good name. And they're like, well, your daughter's name is really pretty. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, why don't you name it Sajel? I'm like, I don't think she would like that very much. <laughs> you know, she was what, like 13 at that yeah. time? Yeah. Right. And, um, so I asked her and she's like, no way. I'm like, okay, why don't you think about it? And then about a week later, she's like, okay, mom, you can do it. Aww. So that's why I named it Sajel, but I did spell it differently. Um, Sajel, the daughter, you know, only has one L mm-hmm. and Sajel, the company has two. So that's it. Ah, so this way you can tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. But nobody else on the planet can just me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for just openly and candidly sharing your story with us. And uh, it's been really inspiring, you know, to see that doing something, you know, taking action and and finding a way to to help others, that it can really be a a therapeutic thing for ourselves. Well, thank you, Emily. But look at you. I mean, you're doing the same thing here. Look at putting this out to the world and giving yourself of giving of yourself. Um, Yeah. So back at you. Oh, thank you. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye, sweetie.